I am unashamed. What about you? So we're uh, so we're about to start back hunting again. Uh, we're only going to release uh, a podcast, one podcast the week of Christmas, and one podcast the week of New Year's. So we should have a lot of good duck reports by the time we get back and start the new year off. So uh, just know that we won't have our regular form. All right, we're in the split. Usually, this is the last day though. Tomorrow it all begins again. I went scouting today. Everybody was like waiting in anticipation waiting on the recon for me to come back and give the report and so the first thing i said was lower your expectations <laughs> and everybody's face fell it's funny because jay just texted me and he was like uh, boy these next few days are gonna be really good i guess that was before the report so well these boys sit on these deer stands and they hear ducks but, you know a few ducks can make a lot of racket right. when they're happy. <laughs> well, nobody's trying yeah, to shoot Yeah, and you're them. sitting there for hours. <laughs> but, you know, as Al, our friend, who's gone on to be with the Lord, said, things change. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, know, you know, we talked about Exum on here before, and some a listener was like, I can't believe y'all talked about Jack Exum. He went back to the Some guy. of the best advice I ever got. He was a good guy. Two words, things change if you ever wanted and he, a, and he sang it when he said things change yeah. but that's yeah. why i remember it <laughs> that's right. but look if it was the best illustrator i ever heard speak if you wanted a a 2020 two words to, to sum it up that's a good one things change yep. hey so he, i'd rather have jonathan uh-huh. henderson's <laughs> That's got two, a book. The two, that's two words here, too. It's called common sense. <laughs> and this is the best you I've like ever. You like that, didn't you? This, you know, this other guy's than a Thomas, veteran. I other think than he's published He went past Thomas Paine himself back in the 1700s. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I think it was 1700s. I think uh, we should do the Jonathan whole podcast summed up in two words. Two words, that's right. Just, yeah, 1776 by Thomas Paine. Uh, that's the original uh, to make the argument for the establishment of a new nation, he had a lot of good things in there. But, uh, but I think uh, I'll just tell you like it is, Mister Henderson, you did an outstanding job on that one. Common sense, a twenty twenty perspective is twenty twenty perspective. Where do you get this stuff, Phil? Because there's not a library within I, some people miles on a dare. They say, you know, the old guy. I don't know. They sent that to you in the mail. Send me two in the mail, and, and probably most of them say, I don't know whether he can hurt me or help me, but uh, I don't want to hurt anybody. So, Was this about Jesus, or was it? Oh, oh Jesus was in there. Common, how could you write a book about well, common? It's got to be about the Constitution. And Jesus not be there. Oh, yeah. That's where I was That's going my that. point. Most yeah. of them go in the, in the trash can. But this one, I will read through whatever somebody has to say. Yeah. But most of the time, it becomes rather laborious the further I go. <laughs> Except with yeah. Mr. Henderson's common sense. Okay. I said that. Right. Uh, I'm sure like he this. appreciates the, uh, here's the plug. The com- Look, here's the common sense creed according to Jonathan Henderson. Well, don't, uh, now you're going to ruin the movie for him, are you? Look, no. Okay. I will, common sense creed, I will honor God. All right. First out of the box. Family and country. Yep. Exercise virtue out over self-interest. Excellent. Validate facts and avoid assumptions. Use critical thinking to understand the world we live in. Clear away the gray area for myself and others and walk in wisdom and knowledge. Hmm. Hold myself accountable and forgive others so that they can... They learn growth rather than resentment. Excellent point. Yep. Be slow to anger with my fellow man. He could have thrown in there and quick to listen. Yep. I would add to that. James chapter 1. Uh, be slow to anger with my fellow man. Listen to this out. Until righteous anger for evil and stupidity is justified. <laughs> Great point. Use righteous judgment and forsake selfish ambition. Choose facts over feelings in every situation. Uh, I will not allow common sense. I will not allow yesterday to, to take up too much of today. Hmm. Looks like point. to me he just took a lot of Bible verses and just 
They made a good decree. Put them into sentences and made a decree. They did. Which, biblically speaking, maintain common sense. It's just finally part of his creed. Hey, and, Hollywood and, does and, the same thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What well, do you I, think, Leviathan, like that movie, which I've never seen? <laughs> I, but I saw the title and I was like, Bible. I know where they got that. Yep. Is that a joke? But Apocalypse, you know, this, that they, they see these these things in the Bible, and then the next thing you know, they make a movie about it. Well, I was going to give you an update on my trip. So, you know, I went duck hunting. I spent the split of duck hunting in Kansas. So said, t- tell the audience, because not a lot of people, I mean, some, there's some duck hunters here. Why do we have a split? What's the point? The, well, you hunt for two weeks, there's two weeks off, and then you hunt for a month. Or, it's it's all about the, the mi- migration. Supposedly. The government felt it necessary to give these poor <laughs> you ducks. You don't sound like you're necessarily on board with this uh, philosophy. I'm not. These ducks arrest, so they need a timeout. This is the ducks' timeout, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think it. We won't shoot at you for the next fourteen days. Yeah. Here's the problem: they we, don't get with the other states. It's every state for themselves. Do everybody do so? Well, yeah, everybody's different, you know. In fact, and, up north, I guess their season's probably getting near to be over, right? As it comes down, that's some, correct. They, some, they, they open like up in Kansas, October, yeah. but Kansas goes as far as we do. So really, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, but what you can do if you're a duck hunter, you can cross state lines, right? Now you have to get the, a new set of hunting license, proper hunting license, yeah, right. and do all that, which is kind of a nightmare now because I've had to do. Kansas. I did Louisiana, then Kansas, and then I did Texas. I actually went duck hunting when I went down to Austin to see my family. How was that? Well, we shot one pintail. I went with my Yeti guy because I work. I do some stuff with Yeti, and he's like, "Hey, let's come duck hunting. I got a lease." I said, "Where at?" And he was like, "In South Texas." I'm like, "Okay. Well, it can't be anywhere around Austin, right? Because I don't see anywhere to hunt unless we're." He's like, no, it's a pretty good drive. So I went, and it was actually not bad. There were a lot of ducks there, but they, you know, it's all in the setup. I mean, I think they wanted me to say, here's what I would do. And I would either do the cane trick, which we've done, because when we come out, I said, see all this cane? You need to cut that. Ask permission first. Your audience that has no idea what you're talking well, about. Well, I'm going to explain it to them. Cane, cane is a, I would say what, most of them are 20 feet tall. Think bamboo. and they're With some they're, little leaves on it. They're always green. Yep. No matter what, unless they die, then they're brown. But they make really good brush because, it, and they're easily transported because you can bundle them up. I mean, I, I've had enough to make a, I don't know, 50 foot circle. And if you bundle them up, you can just throw them in the back of your truck. They're pretty light. Mm -hmm. So what we'll do is if ducks are lighting in the middle, we'll take a bunch of that cane and we'll create an Island where, and and if you spread, spread it out a little bit, but you just keep going out, 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 out. Ducks can't see you. They pay no attention to you. And ducks, you would think they would, they would think to themselves, well, there wasn't an island here yesterday. But see, that's the difference between a human and a duck. He doesn't think that. He flies by and, and says, he doesn't, let, oh, he doesn't let yesterday determine his today. That's it. So you can build sense. an island in the same spot he's been lighting, and he'll come, as long as he don't see you. Right. And uh, I, I was talking to Jace is almost ready for a book. And the book is Inside the Mind of a Duck. Yeah. And a duck's head is really small. Would so you come agree? with me and join me in, in, in getting inside the mind we probe. of the Wiley Mallard. Well, would you agree with me on, on the... And look, I was talking uh, to some uh, There's Navy, many years of observation, uh, Unashamed Nation. I was talking right. to this Navy SEAL sniper the other day, and he was dropping some factoids on me. He He was saying how far... You can see like a human face, and that what distance? And it's like then the arms disappear, and then the further you get away, and he's like everybody looks like a triangle at like at some point. It was a really interesting. 
Which Thanks. is interesting because the Navy right. SEAL, you're talking about getting them out of ducks. We're trying to kill ducks, but Navy SEAL, they kill people. Well, right. <laughs> Bad guys. But the reason I was asking. So, so these guys. It's because I was like, well, this this certainly makes sense on why we use face paint. He's like, oh, you got to have it. Because he's like, you know, I can look out. However, he was he was using meters. So I'm not sure, you know, how many yards. <laughs> but I was like, you know, if he sees your face, I mean, guess what? It's over. Here's a hint. You're dead. So I'm like, I was trying to apply that to ducks. Yeah. If they see, you know, they, they see you. Now, they do have good vision. They're not, their brain's not functioning at we the We notice level. we are far more successful with face paint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, it's standard equipment with us. Yeah. We just reach in our pocket. You paint your face because I just looked at people. As I drove by, I got off out there about 200 yards and looked over there toward the duck blind, Just had them all stand up, and they're shining. all standing there. And without face paint, I mean, they were glowing like human faces were glowing like, look, these white whiskers. I don't know why I haven't dyed them yet this winter, but I will. By duck season, I'll just but get, you got, I'll get that, me some of that, but whatever the moss, they call it. Phil, and I'll, just I'll, for men. The cypress tree moss. Look at that. But that. But you did look like the uh, the what, hanging what moss. Yeah, the hanging moss. The what? Spanish moss. Spanish moss. That's what it looks it's like. It's that same color. You're, you're good. But the white face. So look, here's what's funny. So we go to this hunt, and the ducks rained in there up until legal shooting hours, which is 30 minutes before sunrise. So you're thinking, man, this is supposed to be a shooting I was mark. shocked. Yeah. I mean, it was pintails, mallards. They were just raining in the decoys. I said, I shouldn't have been hating on South Texas. Because I'm mallard. I'm like, what's a mallard doing down here? So as soon as the guy, of course, they'd light, sit there for a little bit and swim out there to the middle. So as soon as the guy said, we're legal, a pintail, bull sprig, he just came into the decoys and just posed. I said, kill him. They boom. boom. He, he folded. All the ducks got up. We did not see another duck until about 8.30. I said, well, boys, I think it's over. Because I just thought, you know, we used to hunt those ponds in West Texas. I thought this was a daylight thing. So they're like, yeah, one of them had to go. And it was, they started talking. And so we we're unloading the guns, you know. And somebody said, look, look right there. And a bunch of five lit out there in the middle. I was like, well, let's give them a couple minutes. I mean, maybe. Well, then another bunch came. Then another, but then they were all lighting. So then you're what? watching. You're watching. Now we're now. just watching. So I'm like, <laughs> did their blinds stand out? Well, they had no blind. We're just in cattails, hunkered down. But the cattails were pretty. I mean, they were thick. I don't think they were seeing us. I just think they're early. They were coming in on the decoys, and when it got light enough to. See, they're like, they chose the that's ducks. fine. Y'all can have that party over there, but we're going out here where we know it's safe. That's why I said, get the cane and put it out in the middle. That's right. I said, or build you a floating blind. They like that idea better. Which I is funny because on here we talk a lot about, obviously we built a business on trying to call them close. You know, we have all these apparatuses, but the number one thing about duck hunting success is be where they want to go. Number one. <laughs> I mean, that's that, number that, one. That's it. <laughs> that, that is correct. If, if so, they want to go there, then you need to be there where they are. That's part of my speech when I do duck call seminars. I'm like, because people call and they're like, hey, what kind of duck call do you have that'll walk them in that last 200 <laughs> yards? Because they're lighting out there 200 yards away. I'm like, save your money, move the blind. He's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, move your blind 200 yards over there. They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so You know what you call that? Common sense. Let's, let's take a quick break. So I've been getting a lot of uh, notes from a lot of you that are trying Omega XL because Dad and I have been uh, talking about this for quite a while now, that it's been really helpful uh, with uh, inflammation issues that you tend to get. I mean, anybody can have inflammation, but the older you get, mm -hmm. you get a lot more knee pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. So these guys uh, have done a great job, uh, 35 years of research that's led to, uh, to this product. It neutralizes the inf inflammation. 
and that's what helps you. Uh, it's re- basically got me off of ibuprofen and all the stuff I used to take to deal with that. So we want you guys to check it out, uh, especially if you got some aches and pains. I really think it'll help you. It's definitely helped me. So you go to omegaxl.com. Uh, and if you order a bottle, you get a second bottle free, which is great. That's a must supply. Uh, so you get that free because uh, you, you heard about it on our podcast. So it's omegaxl.com slash fill, omegaxl.com slash fill. Or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. So while I was there after the hunt, uh, we had actually Missy. She started a women's Bible study group there in Austin, and it's doing fantastic, phenomenal. While the coronavirus is coming on, she's like, you can come wear a mask if you want or whatever. We're going to study God's word. So, well, since I was coming, she invited all the husbands, and we had a meal. I think it was like counting us five couples. I guess that's legal in Texas during the coronavirus. And uh, But it was the first time I'd interacted with people, besides family, in months. Yeah. And it was it was really encouraging. You, you, you realize you miss, you, you miss this. And I, and I also thought, you know, just from talking to all these couples, everybody has problems. Everybody has issues. And when you get together, that's how you can get in people's lives is have meaningful conversations. You know, one couple, they you know, one of their kids has health issues and they were giving us all that and other people were just you know worried about their job with the coronavirus and it not to mention you know actually talking about the coronavirus and just the you know some of the depression that's happened from people being alone and right so we just had a, a wonderful meal we talked about jesus we just kind of loved on each other and then the next morning which was sunday morning we uh we visited one of the churches which there was there might have been 30 people there <laughs> i think they used to having a couple thousand yeah we're running and, about half numbers from what we were before the virus. but we just i don't know i had gotten that taste of being with people and i'm like let's just go and there was 30 people there but it was awesome yeah and they sang a song that really connected with me and the preacher he preached about having joy in jesus in 2020 especially when he used which what made it stand out john 15 and john 16 where jesus told his disciples you will you will have this great joy despite being sent out i mean he didn't give all the uh All the bad news, but you're fixed to be persecuted, whipped, and guess what? You're all going to die. He was like, well, you're going to have complete joy. And I know why he said that now. And and you see people in 2020 with all what's going on, you're like, well, how can you have joy in this? So that was kind of his his sermon. And it it's because of all the big things that we have in Jesus. Right. But one of the songs they sang was there's another in the fire. I think that's it. There's another in the fire. Which I'm like, babe, that's the best song. I was <laughs> like, we need to take that song. She's like, well, we're not doing that anymore. I'm like, sounds awesome. She's like, that song's been out for two or three years. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like catch up. So, but if if you wanted a, a, a really encouraging song for what's going on in 2020, which you know where they got it's that It's a idea. reference to... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel. And Daniel. And, and they say, uh, I, let me pull the lyrics up. Because they put but, them in, for those of you who don't know the story, they they put these guys in a fire to try to burn them up, but they didn't burn up. And then they looked in the whatever they were trying to burn them up in, and there was somebody else in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Well, the, like the first I, verse. I see somebody on Nebuchadnezzar said, I see somebody that looked like a, a son of Son of God son of, walking around. I think he said son of man. Son, son yeah. of man. He, something. Can you imagine that? You know, there's a fire going or somebody walking around saying, you be all right. Yeah, and nobody's burning up. I mean, what part of this being is does not interest you? If you can go through a fire. You know, we try to do little bits and pieces. You know, let's see who can walk on burning coals. <laughs> yeah. But you know, what roaring inferno? If you can walk around in it, 
But what's interesting is about that, the whole book of Daniel, because there's a lot of really good prophecy and stuff in it about you know the church and about other stuff that happened during Jesus' time. But it's a great book of encouragement for per- people being persecuted. Because basically they had gone and taken the best, Nebuchadnezzar did, out of Israel, and they were captives. But they wouldn't give, you know, Daniel and the other guys wouldn't give up on God. And they just said, well, you know, you're going to have to bow down to us and not to God. And they just said no. So they threw Daniel in the lion's den. You know, they thought that he'd get eaten up. Nope. God closed the mouths of the lion that said where he wouldn't attack Daniel. Yeah. And so it's great. You know, if, if, if a lot of persecution breaks out, people are kind of anticipating possibility in the next few years. I mean, those kind of texts really are an encouragement to me that God's going to be with us. I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to take care of it. Listen to some of this song. It says, There's a grace when the heart is under fire, another way when the walls are closing in, and when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire standing next to me. There was another in the in the waters holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there's a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There's another in the fire. And then the next time it the next uh time it sings the chorus it says this and should I ever need reminding what power set me free? There's a grave that holds no body, and now that power lives in me. Hmm. Pretty cool. Like oh, it's a, it's a good one. You got to <laughs> I mean, remember, boys. Most people, most people back off once you go into the. They they they're fine with the natural realm. They try to come up with answers on how the cosmos just naturally appeared. And how all these things you see in the natural world, but once you get to the supernatural, mm-hmm. they they begin to go back and say, "Hmm, I mean, I, I just I just don't believe it. It, it, it it's not natural." Of course, you've got a, a a God, a person who shows up that says, "I am both God and man." Right. And they're like, say what? <laughs> Which and, what a thought! And and Which then is... they read what he said. Which the more you read about what he said, the more you are scratching your head, saying, "Who who is this? Who is this person?" Right. I mean, you say what? Wait. And then the whole thing unfolds. God dies. He bleeds. The creator of the cosmos. You you get to looking at these matters and you begin to say what it, it it's it it's the message itself tends to overwhelm them and some of them just run and say it's it's just not not natural that's right <laughs> yeah well i was just saying I supernatural to, things are scary to the human race mm-hmm. i got to experience. and they really shouldn't be because some of them go nuts with it and they get it way out of context and come up with a lot of things in their own minds it's not, yeah. not true. Yeah, somebody sent me a, a email about, I guess something somebody believed or told him that that Jesus wasn't really God; he was an angel. Yeah, that was kind of a mini <laughs> God. You know, so huh. I was, it was like he wasn't really God. But I was like, but the whole thing breaks down if he's not God. I mean, it, none of it works, That's you know, right. without him being the divine and the human. Well, it was a good reminder for me to experience that love with those people. And, and I didn't know him. You know, Missy had gotten to know all the wives. And, you know, what drew them to her were all these problems and, that they're having. Because when you think about it, everybody's got problems. I mean, we try to just dismiss it and act like nothing's going on. But well, what else it, is new? You know? Yeah, everybody <laughs> has some issue. It may be yeah. a, a kid, a teenager that's gone off the rails or some health problem or your grandmother or, you know, even just poor choices. I mean, the problems that come with that. But everybody has all these problems. When you isolate it yourselves, of course, we did it because of a, I mean, a, a pandemic. Well, then it's like you forget that everybody's struggling. 
What you're did just Solomon doing your say? own thing. What did Solomon say? Life is short and full of trouble. <laughs> yeah. He also said there's nothing new under the sun, which is true, because they always cycle back through, whatever the yeah. situation is. So I was going to read this, because when I heard the sermon, it kind of all connected. And he read in John 15 where where Jesus said, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. And, of course, we're thinking he made a point about, we're like, well, what are these commands? So I can, I'm like, tell me, just give me the rules. And <laughs> so, but he was actually saying, because then he got into the verse in John 15, 17, he said, this is my command, love each other. Well, let's just start with that one, which is what I really, I really needed that. I missed that. But in the sermon, he read verse 11. He said, I've told you this about love and, and, and obey my commands so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And when you think about what they're fixed to go through, it just wasn't very pleasant. I mean, they were persecuted. They were in trouble. You remember all those, all those uh, the lists that, that Paul made? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like, you want to you wanna hear about some problems? I've yeah. been beaten, shipwrecked, you know, oh, it was snake a, bit. It was, a, it was a list of disaster. Let's, let's take another break. So one of the things about uh, running a business, especially a small business, is that if you have HR issues, it can kill you. It can kill your business. Uh, termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor, labor regulations, a lot of issues with HR. Did you realize that, Dad? I really didn't. But <laughs> from being around my family, I realized that humans can be difficult. <laughs> and resourceful. That's right. Human resources. So, you know, a lot of times you have to hire this person, the HR manager. It's obviously very expensive. So there's a, one of our sponsors is called Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. And they were specifically created for small business. Basically for $99 a month, you can have online HR services, which saves you having to spend all the other money. They can do phone, email, real chat. So you want to check these guys out month to month, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. So you go to Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Robertson. You get a free HR audit. Find out if these guys can help you. That's B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Robertson. And you're right. And, of course, the whole context in 14, 15, 16 is he's trying to prep them. We know because we've been studying the rest of the book of John that they still didn't get it. Mm-hmm. No. You know, for a long time. So he was trying to like encourage them that when you get it, right. you're going to need, to need to understand love and joy. I mean, because look, nothing else is going to seem like it goes that well. So I wanted to bring that up because I just think that that like it just recharged my battery. It just ignited me. I'm like, no matter what comes our way, no matter what kind of trouble or persecution or the world or you know who wins the president. We've got someone in us. Yep. You know, that, that idea, there, there's another in the fire. Let, let's get back to the business at hand here in, in however way we can. So I left there. I went to Arkansas and did a two-day metal detecting <laughs> shoot, I guess. They were filming me. And it was probably the first day, 35 degrees. It was snowing when we went out there. And I didn't realize it had rained that much. And the two, you know, old codgers that that got me permission to go up there, they like abandoned ship an hour in because it's like too cold and too wet. <laughs> Not exactly metal detecting. Weather. You know, no. if one if one lives his life thinking he's not loved or she's not loved, you won't see love come coming from her. I mean it. it the people who are are dispensing all the vitriol and the hatred, they don't feel loved. Huh? No. They don't think anybody loves you them. You would think. No doubt. You, you it has know? to be. Um, it has to be. You see it over and over. They, yeah. They're full of anger, and they're mad when you when the, when they get up in the morning and you say, why are you mad? It's well, the, it it's is, the it's ones who problem. don't realize somebody loves me, somebody out there. Yeah. They, they never ha- experienced that. So what comes out of them, 
It's the same thing that they they that that they're not part of. They don't feel love. So, well, that's why I asked when I shared Jesus with somebody, because Jesus can change your heart, and and that's never going to change. But a good question is, how did you get here? Because when somebody ponders the idea that God made them, just that acknowledgement, all of a sudden you're like, oh, this was on purpose? I mean, I, I'm not, you know, if, if you realize you're made on purpose, there's there's a natural or spiritual love creation from that one fact. Because he made me, because he loved me. You see what I'm getting at? If you think you came from seaweed, look, there's no love there. That's just barbaric. Human beings find it difficult to love the ones who hate them. Human beings has a broad spectrum. You run up on the Jesus people and you say, someone comes to them and starts saying, you know, good. I've read many a letter that was sent to me saying, you know, you know, I wish you would die and all these things. <laughs> you read it and you, and you fold it up and throw it in the trash can, but you say, I don't hold it against them. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I expect it. It happens. Well, you've died. I look at how they treated. You've died several times, according to the internet. Oh, you and Sai both have. I'm selling marijuana oil sometimes. <laughs> I'm a CEO of a company. Somebody said, I'm, like, I'm selling marijuana oil. Yeah, and that, I, that's the first I, I've heard of that one. Oh, no. And you were, involved, well, you, were oh. in, you were involved, too, because there's a picture in this article Dad's talking about. Where this, do y'all see this stuff? It's, uh, somebody send it somebody to me. comes oh. to me and says, you know. You, you, I mean, it was you, completely. <clears throat> completely fabricated. They said, "Did you know well, everything in it?" How? Was... I, t- I know it's completely. But look, there was a picture of you two, and the, I, I knew exactly when the picture was from. Remember, we, well, we, y'all, y'all should have sent this to me if I'm on the picture. Well, you are, and so it was. It was the time we did Eric Metaxas's show about the podcast last mm-hmm. year, and that was the picture because I no, recognized I, that wasn't me. I hadn't done that show. Yeah, yeah. The three of us went what? and did it. Yeah, we last were together. Year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where was he? Had his little daughter with him, duck hunter with us. Yeah, and then they came down. So here. they took that no, picture. I, I didn't. Yeah, I you know. were there, and so they took that picture of you and of you and Jace in the shot, and it was on Eric's set. And then it said that y'all went on live TV and talked about this CBD oil. And I have no was. memory of this whatsoever. Maybe I what somebody. Maybe somebody. We did some seep. What is it Jace, called? We did. We did CBD. Uh, CBD. <laughs> CBD. We did Metaxas's show. We did Hannity. We did a bunch of shows. We went to New York. No, I don't remember that. <laughs> Jace, I, mean, I mean, I remember years ago. It was like year before last. It was 2019 when we could still go. Oh. It was when the. It was this time before Doug. Well, anyway. So you Look. think about it. You say. So what should you do about people who are saying? Just, just a string of lies. Oh, we're doing something, and and we're not. We're not. I don't even know what they're talking about. I've never heard of CBD oil or whatever <laughs> it is. And then they say, "Oh yeah, you're the CEO of a company that's doing it, and you pay us money." That's when I started laughing. Well, yeah. When he was talking about all your decisions you were making as the CEO. I mean, I, I can't thought, you see? Dad hadn't been CEO in a long time. Can't you see? Well, how do you love Jace? You're you're, you're kind of on an area there. How do you love Al the unlovable? Because well, if God used the same standard that we use on each other, can you imagine what kind of nightmarish situation we're going to have ourselves in well, down here on planet Earth? Your, your, your way you have to go about it is, is Jesus, some, one of his last phrases from the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know, know not what they do. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at the ignorant, and, and I mean that not in a negative, just ignorant because they don't know. Yep. I'm trying that, to look up the definition of CBD oil. Well, well, Google CBD oil and dad, and then you get the whole piece. Cause I had never heard it was of in the it. New York Post. I don't want to. Right, I right. had never heard of that particular <laughs> oil. But, I don't know what it but, is. It's, actually, it helps a lot of people, and, and it's not, you think of it like it's, it's, it doesn't have the stuff in it that marijuana has. I thought you said it was from marijuana. No, it's extracted from it, but it doesn't have. There's some. What is it called? TCH or so. There's something THC. that. Yeah, THC. Oh. It doesn't. Is have it this, legal? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
Well, it helps a lot of people, joint yeah. pain and all. So, well, Phil, so, you should have told us that you so were in that business. If somebody's going to use my name and say I'm the CEO of the outfit, why where, can't, where, where's why, my check? But why can't you sue them for that? <laughs> huh? Well, because you sue you're a famous person. Is if you're here's why I can't sue them. I don't hold it against them, and I know they're lying. <laughs> and I'm not saying you I should. Love them. I, I love like, them. Why I love can't them. you? I love them, even though they're lying about me. You say because unless you, love you can them, prove it, and I'm not going to sue them. Unless you no. can prove it's slander, I'm or never going to sue anybody. It sounds Jay. like to me they're just trying to get people hooked on it. Well, my by p- any means necessary. Well, right. yeah. Well, my point, is, and then Dad, it's implied that Dad dies at the end of the article. So, oh really? Oh yeah, he was he was on his. Well, that's last... poor marketing. You can't have yourself <laughs> come up with it and then die in the end. That's uh, like, uh, and I was. Jace, we're saying. not talking about geniuses here who dream this up. <laughs> well, I'm saying the CEO who tested this product later died. <laughs> But while he was taking it, he because was of one, his memory, you no, should he die. was in perfect health until he died suddenly. <laughs> let's, let's take another break. One of the things uh, we've talked about with the holidays is kind of tough. Jace, you mentioned it about getting groups together. Is man, there's so many states, so many different rules. You can have this amount of people. You, California, you got to have yeah. one person serving the mashed taters. I mean, it, it's... I mean, every time you cross the state line, there's a new set of <laughs> That's rules. That's exactly right. So one of the one of our uh, new sponsors, uh, you know, knowing that, uh, has, has a good product that maybe if you can't go home for the holidays, you might can send some flowers uh, to your mom or, you know, to someone in your family. Dad's actually experience giving some of these to mom which is kind of funny for us but it's it's called bloomsy box b-l-o-o-m-s-y box bloomsy box is the name of the company and it's a really interesting company because they have these farms that they're family farms and they're all around the world so they they pick them there and they ship them directly to you so you get them fresher they last longer no hidden fees, no upsells. Uh, if you get a subscription, you get free shipping as well. So check these guys out. If you go to bloomsybox.com and enter Phil, you're going to get 15% off. And if you subscribe to do the monthly, uh, you get free shipping as well. So promo code Phil, 15% off at bloomsybox.com. I mean, no, it's just they, they, they want to take this opportunity to get the picture on the internet of of you two and Cy and Willie, there's the the famous iconic four guys, and yeah. and then somebody's going to click on it because it's y'all. It's just all about clicks. They're trying to get you to well, click. Well, look, I just that filmed, Romans five I, or Romans six in there. Don't you think say, of yourself more highly. Than well, you. no, no. <laughs> uh, that's Romans. Jesus loved no. us even while we were his enemies. Oh, that's Romans. So five. Yeah, yeah. So you look at that and you say. While we were sinners. I don't regard them as enemies, but when we were all enemies of God, Jesus still died for us. He did. Yeah. Today, you would it would be rare to find an individual who would die for the his enemies. Well, that's well right. I think he I'm, said and he, he said that demonstrates. He said sometimes life. people might die for a righteous person, but nobody's going to die for you know an enemy or a terrible person. Well, and, it's easy to love people who love you. Look, that's easier said than done. I mean, well, I, was, I was telling you my metal detecting trip before we went off the rail here of <laughs> CB radio. And we had a couple people who showed up. Nobody knew. I thought they were them. They thought they were me. I'm like, go, y'all, you may go, you know, y'all go do your own thing. We're we're out here. And, and it's hard when you're in a situation where you're trying to pull something off and people become difficult <laughs> so i have noticed that when you start preaching jesus usually people leave they either come aboard or they try to trick you or, get it get or, away from me or, or they leave because i'm like you know but i was trying to put this together with my week about this joy because you're like why would you go out there in freezing temperatures slop around in the mud well one i said i would you know, I told them I'd be there. So it was there. I looked at the weather and thought I wouldn't do this, but they had the cameras out, you know, and the slickers. Cameras and, and rain don't go well. No, together. but we did it. And, but I thought about this Luke 15. I mean, Jesus is eating with the tax collectors and sinners. And 
of all the things he could have come up with. Of course, we're familiar with the 99 sheep and the one that he go get, and we're familiar with the two sons that we call the prodigal son, which should be named, what, the gracious father? I think that's the better definition. But sandwiched in between, there's a woman who has 10 silver coins. Because look, Phil, in metal detecting, silver. When you find silver, that's like... Is it like gold? Well... Except it's silver. You find gold, it's gold. Will a metal detector pick up gold? Yeah. Okay. But it's a lower number, and you kind of got to get ready for it. But I found a couple pieces of gold with mine. But silver is what you find. It's like gold's rare. Right. Because if somebody loses some gold, guess what? They're going to find it. They're going to find it (laughs) or die trying. So that's rare. But back in the day, silver wasn't that big a deal. So people just... They'd lose it, no big deal, about like a penny for us. So suppose a woman has 10 silver coins. See, that, until I metal detected, that didn't, I didn't notice that. I thought, well, she lost a coin, what's the big deal? But as a metal detector, when you find silver, I've seen people, I mean, they have silver dances when they find one. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. All right, and she loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house? Well, she's doing the same thing I'm doing. She's finding something that's lost. Wasn't using a metal detector, but still, same concept. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors and says, Rejoice! There's something cool about finding lost stuff, especially when it's a silver coin. I have found my lost coin in the same way. I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who turns back to God. Just think about that illustration there. So I'm like, you know, I'm grinding out. It's tough. So look, day two, we go. What way better weather? And I've, we filmed, and they're asking me questions, and and the guy who's running things, he's like, you know, it sure be nice if you could just find a silver coin. And I'm like looking around, like, I'm trying, <laughs> because he was looking at it from a filming. You know, you've yeah. said all that what you can say. You've made your spiritual analogies. You've told some jokes. This cameraman never left my side. As miserable as I was, there was a guy with a camera stomping around That's in mud more for two days. <laughs> Everywhere I went, I was like, I need to take a leak here. So give me some. Ri- <laughs> oh, okay. But I mean, he literally followed me for two days, and so finally. Late in the day, second day, bloop, 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 bloop. and I just, when I heard the sound of mayors, I'm like, I think this is a silver coin. I'm like, yeah, hey, I was looking at him like, this, this is it. And I was like methodically, slowly digging around it because I'm like, listen to this. Well, my neighbor over here who also does some, some stuff for Garrett, uh, her name is Gypsy. She's a metal detective. Has a YouTube. Her name is Gypsy? That's how that's what she told me. I said, I'm Jay. She said, I'm Gypsy. Good to meet you. So she's a metal detective she's, as well? Yeah, oh, she's like a sensation on YouTube or whatever. So I'm like, hey, come over here. And this, what's and the company? Garrett is the Garrett, okay. yeah. So they she come up there. So she she put her metal to she, she said, maybe a penny. I was like, oh, it's not a penny. That's the, It's bigger. <laughs> she's looking at me. You know, I'm like, because I, I had found a penny earlier, but I knew it was something silver. So I was peeling back. The then you get was your little downplaying your find. You know, I don't know why she did that. Yeah, I think she was trying to keep my expectations. So that's, well, that's what you were saying about that season. Let's take one last break. Because look, there was a lot of iron in the ground, so it, it was kind of jumpy. But anyway, that's a metal detecting slogan. So finally, the pinpointed it. Look, I turned it over. We've been here two days. You know, I look. I could see that I see it, it was silver and it was big. And I was like, oh. I mean, at that moment, I was so fired up. <laughs> I was relieved. I was fired. Because up until this point, all I had proven on this, their show is that I'm a really crappy metal detector. <laughs> but, but you tell funny stories. <laughs> but I tell funny stories. And now I'm like, oh, please be like, you know, Something good. 1810. It was 1935. But <laughs> silver is silver. And I told him this little story. It was just a quarter. It was a quarter. So actually, well, that's what I told them. I was like, you're finding, the reason you don't find much stuff, just think back in the day. 
You drop a penny, what's the big deal? Somebody finds it, what do they say? It's my lucky day, I found a penny. Somebody loses a quarter, you come up and find a quarter, you're like, I'm pretty close to a happy meal here. I'm on my way, (laughs) at least. I mean, it's just, you just don't find, you don't lose quarters, and it's hard to find that. Because not many people The more lose. valuable something is, the harder people look for it when they lose it. Well, that's right. I mean, it so I, I was happy. But our little crew, everybody in our crew found a silver coin. Gypsy found a silver quarter. Hers was like 43. The uh, the guy, uh, his name was Steve. He found a war nickel, which they only made those one or two years. It was like it? the 40s, I think. World War Two. Yeah. And uh, then the cameraman... This uh, Gypsy's cameraman, of all people, because her cameraman didn't follow, you know, her around all all day, but he went picked up a metal detector, young kid, and and he didn't look like he was from the country. You know what I mean? He had a couple of earrings in his ears, and his his name was something weird. <laughs> and uh, I said, "How long has he been with the company?" He's like, "Well, he he's." You know, he wasn't born in the country. I was like, oh, I what gave that away? You know, <laughs> the all the weird piercings. and But what they said, they said, but you know, the first time he went metal detecting, he found his joy. That, that, that's the phrase he used. And so I thought, you know, this is really cool. This here, Here's a kid. I mean, he had to be in his early 20s. Uh, you know, grew, grows up in an urban place. If he and, dies in a, in a remote place, part of the country because of his jewelry hanging on all of it. Well, that's right. I mean, you would say, you would really, pot. That'd really have, fine, have a fine when you find his bones. Yeah. Which would be weird. This was some kind of king or something. Yeah, that's that, what they would think. Yeah. And uh, Ruiz, I think is his name. Yeah. So look, he finds the prize of the day. Well, he actually found two prizes. He found an 1853 half dime. That looked like it just came out of the bank. Well, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm half, embellishing. They made a half dime for a while. Yes, and they're they're called a. Uh, I think they're called a seated liberty. It's Lady Liberty, and she's like sitting down on the back of the coin. I found so a it's couple, not a it's not a nickel. It's a half dime, but it's a half dime. five cents. Yeah. Well, it says half dime. I know that's oh, weird. Yeah, it was a half dime before it was a nickel. They didn't start making nickels till like nineteen. Well, don't give me the line. I think they did make a few in the late 1800s. But he also found, and this is pretty rare, I think. I've, I've only known one person who found one. He found a two-cent piece. Now, here's the kicker. The two-cent piece had a bullet in it. Like a fired round was stuck in the middle of the two-cent piece. And it's like, I'm looking at this thing. He didn't, like, pull it out of his pocket. I mean, it was old and dirty. And we're like, what in the world? Hmm. So, look, he was showing me, and his hands were shaking. I said, are you cold? And he's like, no, I'm just, I just can't believe I found that. (laughs) You mean it was a small caliber bullet? Yeah, a small caliber bullet embedded in in a two-cent piece. Which means they were target shooting or... Or or they, he was running across the field. Somebody shot him, and that two cent piece mess. I don't know. I, I I've never look. I I was with a bunch of metal detecting pros here, you know, and yeah. they were all stumped, baffled, and bewildered. <laughs> and and I think that goes to my point. You know, I'm trying to make a spiritual point here. As tough as that all that was. It, it was it was awesome because we like we like the process. We're out there. We're enjoying God's creation. We're finding lost stuff. In, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't really matter. But when I think about this story and God doing that for me, okay, now that's my true joy. That there's a God out there who said, "I'm like this. I'm sweeping the house. I'm detecting till I find you. And when I find you, I'll, I'm taking you. I'm putting you back in circulation." Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a awesome well. And to to thing. your point, because I'm working on a I'm preaching the first half of John 21, which we're going to eventually get to when we wrap up John. About, here. There's another in the fire. I like that. Okay. Um, and so doing that, it was interesting because in John 21, you know, there's another miraculous catch of mm-hmm. fish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesus post resurrection, 
And it was interesting because so in my study this week, it took me back to Luke 5, you know, when he first, when Peter first came, you know, really understood it. He put Jesus pushed back a little bit in the boat and he's preaching. And, and then he says, Hey, why don't you just push on out? Once he gets through preaching, he tells Peter, let's push on out and do a little fishing. And, and Peter's like, well, Lord, you know, I mean, we fished all night, you know, we're kind of, you know, he, he didn't want to say like, we know we're the experts here, but he's kind of like questioning Jesus. He said, oh, push on out. So then they, they throw the net out and then they caught all this huge catch of fish. And so James and John are in another boat with, with their dad and they come over and they have to tow it in, but the net begins to break. It says, so they're losing fish and they're trying to hurry up and get it in. And Peter looks at Jesus and says, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. It was really interesting because he recognized something. And this is at the beginning. Yep. And mm-hmm. and Jesus tells him, he says, tell you what, boys, y'all follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So three years later, we get to John 21. We see this again, which we'll flesh out a little bit in another podcast. But when you see that happen, this time they caught the fish and the net didn't break. And I thought, you know, that's the idea that mm-hmm. these guys had gone from being, you know, scared rabbits in three years, Jesus post resurrection, they're about to go out and change I the world. I can identify which is with that powerful. now, <clears throat> uh, because as y'all will testify to, having participated in it, when I was fishing for a living, I mean, one thing that comes to the front very clearly: it is hard work. Yep. When you're fishing for men, it is also hard That's work. Right. That's right. It's it's the same type. I can see our fishermen, me being one myself, mm-hmm. in order to survive, I was fishing this river out here, you know, for about a decade. Right. So you say, I look back at it now, and I said, man, I, I can't believe I did that. That's right. Well, yeah. it made me think about when you were talking about metal. Jace was the motor it. man on a mini of run. I, I was too. Well, I wanted to read this. This would be a good lead yeah, rap, rap to John up. 21 next. I read that in John 15 about joy and about command loving each other well in verse 13 of chapter 15 he said greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends and you are my friends if you do what i command well in chapter 21 nobody really ever says anything about this but when he walks up to while they were fishing you know the first word he says first word out of his mouth friends yeah he said he called out to them you know, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore. Disciples were out. He said, friends, have you any fish? <laughs> <laughs> now, if that won't get you excited, because the only connection you can make is the last conversation he had about friends and this love and follow me. And, y'all make and he's doing another put- Jedi because they're not recognizing him yet either. I just it's always picture like a, hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Are you having any love? Yeah. I mean... Got any fish? But he's back from the dead. I mean, what a what a what a yeah, we'll, ironic uh, statement. We'll, I'm we'll, telling you, we'll flesh that one out next time. I'll have some some notes from my sermon. Bye, friends. That went quickly. <laughs> <laughs>